degrees here in the shack out back and it's generally about 71.8 degrees give or take because i'm in a small space that's air conditioned to keep the computers cool so i have no idea what the temperature is outside but autumn is coming here in southern california autumn is coming autumn is coming next week we're supposed to drop back into the 70s this week we're seeing the tail end of the 90s believe it or not the 90s who wants the 90s? I'm I'm done with this stuff. I am done with summer. I want the autumnal weather better now than never. And so um, the 90s are on their way, are out the door, and the 70s will be in next week. Autumn is, I know it's officially here, but the weather will finally reflect that uh, shortly. And I cannot be happier. Um, as we left the radio show, we were talking about Dr. Anthony Fauci saying that people need to uh, cut back on their gatherings, cancel their gatherings if they have people on the high uh, risk list. And Aaron and I joined in saying, baloney, we got to figure out some way to have a Thanksgiving together. Um, you know, and so we suggested, you know, sit outdoors. Um, if you have people come over, don't have them gather indoors. Keep them kind of socially distanced. Wear your masks if you're concerned. But stay, um, you know, outside. Uh, you can eat outside in the fall, most places in the country, um, obviously, if it's raining or, um, uh, you know, if there's inclement weather, that becomes a little more difficult. And there are places where it'll be a little colder if you happen to be up in the in the way north, north, north. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's you also got to have human contact and you've got to, you know, be in touch with your family and your friends, because uh, if you go too long without that, it just it doesn't work. It, uh, it becomes, um, it becomes unmanageable. There's too much psychological effect. Um, too much distancing from your family is not a good thing. You need to, you need to be close to those. You know, we are social creatures by our very nature and it is important. Um, so, you know, make your choices, be smart, be safe. If you've got some elderly or people with pre-existing conditions that could be very badly uh, damaged by getting the virus, uh, then, um, you know, take precautions. But um, but doesn't mean give up the ghost immediately. Here's Aaron. Hola. Hi. <clears throat> so, so we just ran out of time. We did. We we talked right up to it, which we do on occasion, which is the whole reason we actually went up with the, created this podcast was so we could keep going because, you know, we're the world's shortest morning show at an hour. So and by the time yes. you subtract out um, uh, advertising time, we're, you know, 40 minutes and change, maybe. Um, you know, but it's it's really strange. I, I've been on KCAA since 2009. And and so, you know, the station is like a second family to me and I and I love everybody there. Um, but the, the station owner uh, likes one hour shows. So the shows on the station are all one hour. Yeah. And so yeah. that's you know, he gets to make the decision. He owns the station. So we wanted a little extra time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. You know, it's, it's, it's his call. You know, I, I'm not yeah. I'm not arguing that it's any, yes. you know, not our decision. It's just that it, it is a fact. I accept it as a fact. And that's why we said, you know, we'll we'll find another way to to keep 
conversation going. Keep the conversation going. So, um, you know, I kind of, as I as I um, went online here um, for a minute or two before you joined us, was talking about uh, what we left with was, you know, Dr. Fauci saying, cut back on your Thanksgiving plans. Don't, you know, don't be around people. And, and we both sort of said, no, I think that you just have to be smart about how you gather, you know, maybe do some outside gathering, you know. But I did throw in real quickly at the end of the radio show, and I wanted to reiterate it here. You know, if you have somebody that you know is at risk, if you have a very elderly family member or somebody who um, uh, has a diminished um, uh, immune system, those people should probably make an effort to maybe not spend a whole lot of time around a group right. of people. You know, especially if you have, like, um, I'm just trying to think of like, you know, my extended family. Well, most of the people have been at home anyway, and they've been fine and not had anything. But I can think of like, well, my daughter, I don't live with her, but she, um, you know, she's uh, both my daughters. In fact, they, they're working outside the house again. And so, um, you know, I mean, they're taking precautions and they wear their masks and, and, you know, and they, they use their hand sanitizers when they're, when they, you know, step away from people and wash their hands a lot. But, um, one of them works with people and has to go into their homes on occasion. And the other one, uh, is still going to school. So she's going to classrooms and her classroom only has six or seven people because it's a specialized program. So there's not a lot of people in the classroom. Um, but she also works at a shoe store. And so, you know, and she's got masks and gloves while she's there, but they're outside the house. And so they're exposed to many more people than, say, somebody who's just been at home the whole time. And if you've got somebody who's at risk, that person can be a vector into your uh, into your home of, of potential infection. And so, um, you know, you just need to be aware of that and know what the risks are, you know? I, w- I imagine lots of people before Thanksgiving are going to get COVID tested so that they can go. Um, yeah. And be, and be enjoy the time with their family. I, I really actually like the idea of doing it on the front lawn. And um, yeah, I, I do too. People, people should do people should do that. You know, mm-hmm. if restaurants can be outside and serving, then shoot, you should be able to do it with your family. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, you know, restaurants uh, uh, like we've said many a time, you know, restaurant patios have been rocking and rolling places of late because that's the only place they could do it. And they want to keep their businesses alive. And, and I want them to keep their businesses alive. So, um, you know, more power to them. But, yeah, if they're setting people outside and eating, I don't see why we can't. Um, and I have to say, I had breakfast with a friend um, uh, last Friday out at Carolyn's Cafe in Redlands. And they have the best breakfasts ever. I, You know, they are or among the best breakfasts ever. Um, and so they had outdoor seating and the delicious food. And it was a beautiful morning. And I highly recommend breakfast outdoors. Very nice. Yeah, one of my favorite breakfast places is Corky's Kitchen, and they're a chain, you know, small chain that uh, um, they have really good breakfasts as well. And the they one do. that's here in Corona is uh, has out, outdoor seating, and then they've expanded that by putting uh, tables on the sidewalk in front of their store, as well as the kind of patio area that they've always had. And does uh, Corky's have vegan options? Um, I don't know. Um, they uh, have a pretty voluminous menu yes um, like, like if they make country potatoes they might make them in butter yeah i and i and and that's why i said i don't know I, I i'm looking at their menu right now to see if they have um i mean their main menu everything that i see has eggs and meat on it but this is all the breakfast food with eggs and you know some sort of meat, meat. along with potatoes because <laughs> yeah. that's yeah uh and 
see if they have like a specialty menu or something somewhere. I don't see a place to like do a search. Um, so I don't know. I think they don't. I say that because I think they don't. It's like there's a breakfast place. Well, there's a there's a it's a greasy spoon uh, uh, called Goody's Restaurant in San Bernardino. It's right next to a truck stop. It's on, on the far south end of town, and um, their their breakfast their all of their food is delicious, and they have um, fresh squeezed orange juice. Uh, absolutely delicious, uh, but I don't think anything there is vegan. So if I if I decide I'm gonna I'm gonna eat meat and I want you know something for breakfast, then I then I would go there because they're really really good, and they're close to my house. <laughs> Not far, <laughs> closer than Corky's anyway. Because the closest Corky's to me is all the way in Rialto, and that's that's not close to me. Yeah, no, that's not handy. And and let's face it, I mean, breakfast food in particular doesn't travel particularly well. So it's like, I mean, you can reheat it, I guess. But you know, if you want it freshly made, you yes. really want to go there. You don't want to uh, drive around looking for it. So um, no. let's see. I did a search for Corky's Kitchen Menu Vegan, and um, they, yeah, I don't think they have anything. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, but you know, Carolyn that's fine. They. they yeah, yeah. awesome. Does. Um, I find that restaurants that, that are in proximity of Loma Linda, or yeah. where a lot of Loma Linda doctors might live, um, have uh, have vegan and vegetarian options, which is great. I mean, that's right in yeah. the area where I live, so hey. Yeah, no, that's handy for you because you, yes. they, there's a lot of uh, uh, vegan and vegetarian options. Um, I, I remember the first time I went to a restaurant that was exclusively vegan was a, they open, and it's, I don't think it's there anymore, but they opened a place called The Granary. And uh, when it opened, it was uh, being a, a uh, I was on a swim team at the time. So we were all in awe of the fact that it was either owned by or he was an investor in, but he had, he was there. Uh, Mark Spitz, who was Michael Seriously? Phelps before Mark Phelps, his father owned the restaurant. Oh. Uh, and, uh, and so he was occasionally there. And so um, people would go over there and go like, you know, did you see him? Did you see him? Was he there? Was he there? You know, and every once in a while, someone would come home and go, "Yeah, I was over there eating, and, and you know, we went and got a uh, a bean burger, and uh, and Mark Spitz came in." And and again, for those who don't know, Mark Spitz, if you're not of a certain age, you may not remember. If you're not a swimming aficionado, Mark Spitz won seven Olympic gold medals in the uh, at the Munich Olympics in '72. Um, he also earned one prior to that in Mexico City at '68. And or maybe it was just a bronze then. I think it was a gold then too. But anyway, seven gold medals. Uh, obviously, Mark, uh, Michael Phelps got eight in Beijing, so he eclipsed that mark. But before Michael Phelps was Michael Phelps, Mark Spitz was the man. A famous he picture has of him. The iconic picture, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say that classic picture of him, sort of leaning on an elbow on his side with eight or seven gold medals around his neck and that '70s stash. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, Michael Phelps is great. Mark Spitz did it in a Speedo with, you know, seven-inch long hair and a mustache <laughs> and no goggles. <laughs> so, yeah, you can't compare eras. The rules changed as to what's a legal stroke between one and another. So, yeah. um, you know, but both are phenomenal accomplishments. Congratulations to both of them for the long, long hours of hard, hard work to get to that level. Um, but, uh Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah um there are there's a there's in off of la sierra in the la sierra area not far from la sierra university like actually just down the street um there's a there's like a i forgot what the name of the market is but it's a it's a it's a health foods market um uh kind of a farmer's market theme but it's indoors 
and they've got attached to it a little Mexican restaurant. A little, it's like a take-up window, take-out window, and it's all vegan. Oh my gosh, is it good! It is so good. So we'll have to meet there sometime, and uh, and have wonderful uh, vegan burritos, like delicious, delicious vegan burritos. Sounds yummy. So yeah, I I am ninety-five or ninety-eight percent plant-based. Every now and then, I'll get a, a hankering for something, and and I'll and I'll if, yeah. it, if it's if that if that craving sticks with me for a few days, then I'm going to indulge it. If it doesn't, then then I'm you know it's fine. Yeah, um, then it was a, a passing thing. So. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I I was just doing a, a quick search on the Mark Spitz picture, and they don't show the one that I remembered of him leaning on. So it's just him standing up in his red, white, and blue speedo in a studio somewhere with his hands on his hips and the medals around his neck. So that's the one I remember. Yeah, with with the stash. With the. <laughs> That was the style. That was the 70s stash. You know, like today, you get a picture of me, would probably have a, you know, some sort of beard or facial hair. Yes. Uh, although, as a swimmer, I would think that, you know, they shave off body hair to compete to go that fraction of a second faster. They would certainly shave off facial hair. Um, but, you know, in the 70s, they didn't do such things. So, yeah. So, yeah. But definitely got that 70s stash going. <laughs> It's so you funny know, to look at that. The 70s styles are back. Yeah. I mean, like how people are wearing their hair in kind of the looser fitting clothing and, you know, the... Bell-bottom blues? Well, I, you know, I don't know that I've seen a lot of bell-bottoms, yeah. but I have definitely seen more flowy clothing. Than, yeah, I, I can you know. live without the bell-bottoms coming back. But, yes. Uh, but I've you seen some... I hated with I, the big lapel collars and the big yes. fat ties? I never yeah. liked that look. It's like wearing a bib. Uh <laughs> Yeah, and and platform shoes. Guys wore square-toed platform shoes. I have bad ankles to this day. I blame that on the seventies. Uh, and I had some very low platform shoes, but uh, I well, take about three. You're already over six feet tall. Why did you? Yeah. Platform? Oh, I know. Well, I wasn't when I was you know a kid in grade school, but I insisted on getting a pair of these stylish shoes, and then twisted my ankle about every third step. It was ridiculous. So, oh, there's cool. There's a picture of what women feel like. There's a yeah. No kidding. I got. I found a picture of uh, of Mark Spitz holding up Sports Illustrated and Michael Phelps duplicating that picture, except that he has eight medals instead of seven. Ah. And Spitz holding it up and pointing to it, going one better. Took him twenty seven so, years to do it, but or twenty eight years to do it. Did, does Michael or does Mark Spitz have the abnormally long arms that that uh, uh, Michael Phelps has? You know, I don't remember them talking about that that much. I mean, he's a tall, slender guy, and he still is. I mean, the pictures of him today, you know, he's got kind of grayed, silvery hair, but he's still a pretty good-looking guy. No more stash. So, because <laughs> it's not the seventies. No more porn that's stash. That's right. That people call it. Yeah, that's why I wonder if in the twenty twenties <laughs> now he's he's you know like rocking a goatee or something. You know? Yes. You know, because yes. that is the in way to look. I so. wonder when this whole lockdown ends. Because mm-hmm. um, eventually, I mean, God willing, it's got to come to an end at some point. I wonder if men will be like, Let, it's, let's get back to business. I'm shaving off the facial hair. I want to show the world that I'm serious. You know, getting back I'm burning the sweatpants. <laughs> yes, I'm burning my sweatpants. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will have a ritual in the backyard. We will burn the sweatpants. <laughs> Sacrifice them to I the... Wonder. To the COVID gods, like, no more. Yes. Yeah. So. Ah. Yeah. 
It is a yeah, beautiful that's... morning. Yeah, you know, I felt that way too when I came walking out to the shack. It's like, oh, it was nice. You know, you get hit by that little like nip of cool air when you went outside. Yeah. It was like, I know it's going to get warmer later today, but uh, I just, I really, really crave that. And that's why when they when I, when we were talking about stuff, I, I looked at I looked at the weather and they said, yeah, next week we're going to be in the seventies, and and I was like, oh, finally, <laughs> you know, I know we're we're technically in autumn, but the weather hasn't agreed with that um, a whole lot. I mean, we we're not, you know, we had that really bad spike of the hundred plus weather, and then it dipped down to where it was kind of autumnal, but but it then you know, temperatures went back up again for this last week and a half, and so it's like I want I want autumn, I really do. I want it yeah. so badly, you know. So, anyhow, um, other stuff going on in the world. Did you hear that the day of or immediately thereafter, Merriam-Webster changed its definition of the phrase sexual preference because yeah. the Democrats were jumping all over Amy Comey Barrett for using the term sexual preference as uh, as an epithet. and she uh, And she said, I didn't mean to use it as an epithet, did not realize that that was upsetting to people they want her to use or they want people to use the term sexual orientation rather than sexual preference oh my um, god you know and here's the, the thing this is all about tripping her up and yeah. making her look bigoted it has nothing to do with the actual definition of the word yeah i i well and the thing is too you know i mean i've, I've heard some of this discussion before and and i quite frankly disagree and it's not because I disagree that we're born who we are, because I believe that's the case. But we do have choices and as to what we decide to do. And uh, people's sexuality isn't a this or that. There's a continuum of, of people's uh, attraction to other people. And yeah. so there are people who sit soundly in the middle. There are people who are strongly gay. There are people who are strongly straight. And the idea that, that somehow that nobody has any options that you are this and you are that and that's all you can be you're not allowed to actually have a preference or a a, a leaning one way or the other or be somewhere in the middle uh, is ridiculous and it's and it's uh you know it's just being used as a weapon of attack and it and and it and it irritates me that people you know because in fact this article goes on to say somewhere near the end of it that words mean things and it's like yes they do so quit trying to hijack the words i'm tired of that I am too. Uh, you know. and, and here's the thing. I, I know, I, and I don't know that this has happened with men as much, but with women, I've known women who would call themselves straight and then they met someone and fell in love and they were, they found themselves with another woman. Um, yeah. It's happened. And so um, I, I don't, I, I certainly don't want to put a label on anybody's, you know, sexuality. And I think that this this to me, yeah, you weaponizing language like this is ridiculous because mm -hmm. clearly Amy Coney Barrett did not mean to be disparaging to anyone. And right. Maisie Hirono is not the sharpest tool in the drawer. Yeah. Well, and she, she very dead. quickly, when, when she realized that people were upset, came out and said exactly that. She goes, I was not intending to be disrespectful to anybody in the LGBT community. Uh, you know, I was simply trying to make my point. And, you know, I, I urge everybody in the world to listen to what other people say and and understand what and try to understand what their meaning is don't read into it don't put don't put words in other people's mouths because they picked a phrase that you didn't like or that you found offensive if you personally find something offensive then tell the person you're talking to you know i didn't you know what did you mean there because this is what that kind of means to me and have a conversation about it 
You yeah. know, that's the way to solve problems w amongst people in terms of communication is allow everybody to use the language the way they want to use the language. And, you know, if 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 you, if somebody says something that you find hurtful, share that with that person. Say, hey, you know, the way you said that sounded hurtful to me. You know, they'll either say, you know, tough luck, buttercup, suck it up. Or they'll or they'll say, oh, I didn't realize that that was hurtful to you. Why is that hurtful to you? Can can you understand that I didn't mean that? This is what I meant. Um, right. You know, because you say words have meaning, but they also have lots of nuance. And um, and everybody needs to, um, you know, just make an effort to understand each other there without are assuming the worst. Are, exactly. There are people who are professionally offended. And when yeah. I say professionally offended, they get clicks and likes and all of those things that drive revenue when they are outraged over this or that. And those people have been driving this conversation for far too long. You cannot use your, you cannot weaponize language and use it as a profit motive for yourself, as a, yeah. as a means of profit for yourself. I'm not, you know. Well, apparently people can, but, but it's, it's irritating. Right. And the rest of us, the rest of us need to just stand up and say, you know what, um, I'm an educated person. I know how to use the language and I will use the words that I intend when I'm saying something. And you need to accept what I'm saying at, for what I'm saying. Don't don't pretend like you know I have intentions that I didn't actually express. Yes. Um, you know, and they'll say, well, you did express them because you used this word. Well, your understanding of this word is not the same as mine. We can look in the in the dictionary. You know, Merriam-Webster's. That's what irritated me more than anything else about this is that Merriam-Webster's is now going and changing the. I mean, they literally added to the to the one of the five definitions uh, of uh, pref personal preference uh, offensive. They added that it was an offensive uh, uh, term, and that didn't exist till after she had said it. And now people can point to it and say, "See, it said offensive." She said it, and it even says it in the dictionary. And you're like, "Well, but they changed the stupid dictionary after she said it. That doesn't count." <laughs> you know, you, no. that's like saying, "Well, you know, you you uh, you broke a law that they enacted after you did it. It was legal when you did it, but it's illegal now. So now we're going to punish you." That's stupid. Yeah, that ex post facto is not is not yeah. legal in, in the United States. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Quite honestly, um, on to the flip side of that is, you know, you, you can't change the rules after the fact and apply them to me. Um, uh, but, but you know, when it's to the benefit of people, I think that you, you maybe look at things like that. So, like, you know, when those people in, in prison for doing things that are no longer illegal, then you do look at that way. But it's, oh, well, it's yeah, but you know, on a case-by-case -case basis. But it's it's... You know that's that's towards the positive of humanity, not towards the negative of humanity. And you just gotta you know weigh things at their balance. I don't know. Sometimes well, I'm really upset with with Amy Coney Barrett. The Democrats are because she won't answer um, uh, specific questions about yeah. um, her beliefs on Roe v. Wade, her beliefs right. on because she's doing the same thing that every single justice has done since Robert Bork got you know Bork. ambushed. Yeah, literally got borked is the is the term now um, because you know he answered questions honestly and, and straightforward and they they crucified him. Um, you know he should he should have been on the on the Supreme Court. He was a he should a have great he should have. Uh, jurist, and whether you agree with his his stances or not, he was supremely qualified and and. And he was like the the last time a Supreme Court nominee actually like answered questions straightforward because you can't do it anymore. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. It is ridiculous. 
politics. Have you ever been on the website, on a website, and, and you know, and you're like reading an article, and then at the bottom it suggests other article, and you click on it, you click, and suddenly you're looking at exercise tips from Jessica Simpson. <laughs> Holy moly! It's like how did I, how did I get here? <laughs> you know? Like what series of things brought me to the some some something on the website expected me to to think that that was the next thing I wanted to see? Like holy moly! <laughs> like <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Yeah, that's absolutely hilarious. Just happened to me. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah. Hey, did you hear that the GOP is is saying that they are they're fighting it in court and that they're leaving their unofficial ballot boxes? They're they're yeah, saying that the way they I, interpret I the rules are um, are uh, are such that they they are legal. They said that they there's they think that there's no reason for them to have to leave, and so they're now uh, refusing to comply with uh, a state order to remove them, and they're going to court. So it'll be interesting to see because at the heart of this question is this notion of ballot harvesting, and that's maybe why they wanted to just fight it, um, uh, to fight to fight this uh, issue entirely. The, the unfortunate thing, so it'll go to state court, um, and then I think it'll find its way to the Ninth Circuit Court, which is an extraordinarily progressive. It's like the most progressive court in the nation, um, and maybe it makes it to the Supreme Court. I think it's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Well, the issue that the people who are against them have said is that they're not manned and that, that state law says that they have to be manned. Um, and my thought is, is then if you if you're a state official and it's you said and, and you have a court, you know, uh, an order that says that it's supposed to be they're They're not supposed to be there. Then go collect them. They're not manned. Nobody's there to stop you. Go pick them up, take them to the registrar of voters and and, you know, verify and count the, the ballots. You know, and, and, you know, fight it in court. I mean, I, the court is the right place to have this argument to see whether or not this is truly legal or not. But why, if, if you, you know what I mean? I mean, if you have a, if you have a legal state law and they're not manned, it's not like you're even going to be confronted by anybody. Just go pick them up. Yep. It's true. Most <laughs> of them, though, are inside buildings, aren't they? I mean, they're inside gun shops and they're inside, you know, so it'd be. Yeah, I don't um, know. I don't know where they are. Uh, I mean, they're in in Orange, Fresno, and Los Angeles counties is where they were distributed, but I don't know yep. physically where they're at. Um, yep. I know that if you do go to your Registrar of Voters um, website, they will tell you where there are official drop boxes. Um, interestingly enough, in the little uh, community that I live in, we have traditionally, there's like a, um, a community meeting place, and that has traditionally been a ballot place, and it will not be a ballot place this time. And so the um, the people in the community um, actually, the Homeowners Association put something in everybody's mailbox just saying, hey, just so you're aware, we will not have a ballot place here this year. Here's the ballot places in the area. So if you want to go to you know, drop off your ballot or vote in person, you need to go to one of these other locations that, that we won't have it here. So you can't just walk over to the, um, the community center. Interesting. Um, which, yeah, I appreciate that because, you know, especially if people were expecting to do that, you don't want them to go wandering over and find out, oops, it's not there. And wait, I mean, I guess it's no big deal. You walk back home, get in your car and drive to wherever the place is, but you're going to have to drive to it. And it's, I wonder too, is this, I mean, I don't know anything about it, but are there less ballot places during this election? Are they going to have less of them open because they're concerned about? It depends. It depends on the state. There are, there are fewer drop boxes and fewer polling places um, in several states. And, Mm -hmm. and the international media is carrying pictures 
of and stories about very, very like hours long lines in for early voting in states like Texas and Georgia. Um, you know, I, I, I know that that's happening because I, I you know, you see the pictures. I don't know how widespread that is. Right. You know? Well, and, I go ahead. No, no. And and it's not, you know, the thing that's frustrating is that it's early voting. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that that on the on the day of the election on November 4th or November 3rd, November 3rd. Yeah that um that there won't be enough polling places open for people to be able to get in and vote right yeah if everybody voted earlier a lot of people mailed in ballots um or dropped off absentee ballots then there might be less of a crowd on actually election day we just don't know until it happens what the turnout's going to be i think we're going to see some pretty historic turnout though i think there's a lot of people who are uh sitting at home more than they would have otherwise and so they're paying more attention to this just because it's they're watching you know, more TV than they used to. <laughs> and yes. so I think, I think we will see some, some large turnouts. Um, it's, it's already record breaking. It's already record breaking right. um, across the country. The number of people who are voting. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, with the early votes. Yeah. It, that's, that's, it's unprecedented. Um, uh, which, you know, more people having their say, or, or, or at least, it, it, you know, making their say about stuff is, is a good thing. We've, we, as a, a democracy have had embarrassingly low turnouts compared to other democracies around the planet. And so I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I was thinking about my location specifically, and and it occurred to me that, um, you know, I live in a, um, uh, it's, it's a retirement community. And so you have to be of an age. And I'm thinking that the people, um, uh, here, maybe you're saying, Hey, you know, we're higher risk. Maybe we don't want to have everybody gathering at the community center. It's been shut down. I think since COVID started anyway, for most gatherings, um, you know, but their pool is open for, but they have a, a limit on how many people are allowed in it. Um, and, uh, anyhow, I suspect that that might be part of it as they just said, you know, we don't want to be responsible for having people gather and bringing people into a ballot area in, in our community because of the fact that there's elderly people here. Right. You know, and right. so it might be that's why this ballot area is shut down as opposed to it might not be like a systemic thing. The people who are obviously running the voting on the polling places, you know, they need volunteers and they need a location. And if the place that, you know, had done it before says, I don't want to do it right now, then they don't get that location anymore. So no, they got to scramble and find somewhere else. Right. Yeah, for years there's a, a a church right on the corner of two main streets here that that I used to go to. That was one of the places that I went. Um, you know, and I've lived in Corona for twenty plus years in three different locations, and uh, all of them sort of around that one church. You know, there's a bunch of churches on Sixth Street, but that one was the one that was at the crossroads where a lot of people could get in and out quickly and easily. Um, but uh, since I moved here, there was one right here, and so it was like, okay, that's handy. Um, but not this time. So anyway, the moral of the story is uh, if you're going to drop off ballots, find an official ballot place to drop it off. Unless you really want to use one of the ones that are set out by the Republican Party. That's certainly your prerogative. Um, but if you want to be absolutely certain that it's counted, then deal with what is being managed by your registrar of voters. The Riverside County Registrar of Voters offices are in Moreno Valley. Um, so you, that's a bit of a drive from where I live here in Corona, but if you want to drop them off there, you can, they have official drop off places in Corona at the, um, uh, Dos Lagos, uh, shopping area. Um, and, uh, there are several others throughout the, uh, city and, and county. So, 
Um, I imagine that there might be ballot boxes at uh, libraries, city hall, places like that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know where they all are. You know, there's not one here at the Corona um, Library. And so the closest one to me is the Dos Lagos um, uh, Dropbox. But again, that's just going to the uh, registrar, County Registrar of Voters website, and they've got a, a link, and they, you can look at them by address, or you can click on it, and they will put them on a map for you, and you can see where you are on the map and what's closest. And so, um, so and I'm sure you can um, do it in San Bernardino as well. I'm sure. I'm sure. We're, the closest thing for me, the, the easiest thing for me is just to go to the Registrar of Voters in downtown San Bernardino. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah. That's, we're going to drop our ballots um, off this morning where we planned on doing that. So we're going to do that. And Awesome. Uh, yeah, you said you'd finish them, but they were sitting on the counter. So, yes, yes. put them in. Put the, like, actually, put them in, in place, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, it's so, funny. The um, I, You know, San Bernardino, it makes so much sense because there's like a city center. Riverside, the city center is like, you know, uh, down by 14th Street where the where the. Um, yeah. uh, but the registrar of voters is in this new city buildings and stuff that were built out in Moreno Valley, which is, well, I guess, more central to the county. Like, that's county property and not city property. Right. And, and, and but there's county just have room to grow. Well, that's what I'm saying is is that the, the the downtown area there's county offices there as well as city offices and there's there's both uh, state and federal uh, um, uh, uh, courthouses and things there so there's a lot of stuff there but it's also a downtown area that's been built out for a long time I think the registrar voters used to be there but uh, they built some new county offices out in Reno Valley um, because land there's lots of land out there or at least there was. Um, and so they, uh, and that is more central to the County of Riverside. If you think about it, Riverside County, while not being nearly as large as San Bernardino County is just as wide. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very wide and skinny. Um, yes. if you look at the shape of it. And so it goes yes. all the way out to the California border on one end and, uh, and Corona is on the far West end of it. But, yep. um, you know, it's maybe, um, I don't know how, how many miles, it, you know, like San Bernardino County is like, you know, a couple hundred miles tall and wide. Um, Riverside County is, like I said, about the same width, but the, uh, but however tall it is, is probably, I don't know, I want to say maybe 30 or 40 miles max. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know. it's, um, yeah, I, I'll have to look at the map and see. How big is... Riverside yeah. County. Yeah, it's two by, <laughs> two by three. Two by two by four. Um, so it's coming up. It yeah, is, maybe fifty. Uh, it is seven thousand three hundred and three square miles. Right, but that doesn't really give us dimensions. Okay. Right. Looks to me like it's probably about one hundred and fifty to two hundred miles wide by about fifty miles tall, roughly. And this is okay. just looking at at uh, at Apple Maps on my computer and kind of guessing where the boundaries are because it doesn't draw out counties for you; it just draws out the state lines. But I kind of know, like, you know, Indio is in Riverside County, but uh, you know, Victorville is clearly not. That's in San Bernardino County. So you know, you see where they sit and how wide they are, and then you look at the little hicky do, and they're somewhere between forty and fifty miles high and about two hundred miles wide. So. Probably about the size of Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So actually, um, it is. If you were to take Vermont and spin it sideways, roughly the same size as Vermont. 
or two Massachusetts stuck together without if if you if you uh, chop off the uh, uh, Cape Cod. <laughs> and people are going like, "Great, this week in geography." I don't have any idea what this guy is talking about. How many people, in, you know, off the top of their head, roughly know the size and shape of Vermont or Massachusetts and would care? You know, geography nerds unite. Can you think so, of more boring, boring podcast information? God. <laughs> um, like Sheldon Cooper, fun with flags. That's right, fun with flags. Yes, like, did you know that there's a piece of the north of, uh, of the United States that that juts up uh, above the the Lake of the Woods, that is a fingerlet into uh, Canada. It goes 30 miles north of the the vertical line that separates us from Canada. Yes, it juts I did. That's up out Minnesota. of. Yeah, it jumps up out of Minnesota. But you, yeah, yeah, so in order to, people who live there, and not many people do, have to cross into Canada to get home if they work in the United States. Yeah, or take a boat. <laughs> or take a boat. Yeah, you have to take a boat across the Lake of the Woods or drive through Canada to get back to uh, back to the States. Ooh, I wonder if they, when they closed the borders because of COVID, if they were basically stuck there or that the only way to get home was to take the boat. Maybe. So well, They do have a small airport. Does that fingerlet freeze over in the winter i don't think that lake does the lake of the woods is pretty big um it might i mean it's pretty far north it's in the way north up there (laughs) so really quickly because we have about six minutes left um covid has hit the uh, biden campaign two people in kamala harris's campaign have tested positive and the senator is suspending uh travel and in-person events until monday so Harris herself is not positive, and the campaign says Joe Biden has no exposure. Um, I'm sorry, I, I'm not laughing at that. I, I was just laughing at the phrase "Harris herself is not positive," but because um, she's kind of negative about stuff. But you know, she's she an is. attack dog. So uh, the but, tested positive are uh, Harris's communications director Liz Allen and a non-staff flight crew member who has not been identified. Um, a a non-staff say, what crew member? Oh, flight crew member. Flight crew member. And, okay, like um, pilot or, or steward. Yes, exactly. Okay, so the, camp- gotcha. the campaign says Harris was not in close contact with either in the two days prior to their positive test. So um, they're just out of an abundance of caution. They're they're canceling things. So yeah, yeah. Better safe than sorry. Yes. Yeah. And I, I honestly, um, it's good that Biden. Um, that Biden is, has had no exposure because you certainly don't want him to get sick. I don't know that he would survive it. Yeah, well, yeah, you don't you don't want him to be ill, just like we didn't want President Trump to be ill. Exactly. Um, whether you, politically, whether you like them or not, they are both elderly gentlemen and and much more likely to to have negative uh, um, outcomes. Uh, that said, they also probably are much more likely to have immaculate and immediate health care. Uh, available to them than the vast majority of the United States, but uh, um, you know, and I and I say that like you know, pr- President Trump got some some um, uh, experimental medicine. He was like the ninth person in the United States to get one of uh, the drugs that he got, uh, which is in itself a little scary. But uh, but anyhow, um, and, it, and, it, and evidently it worked well. Yeah, yeah, which, which is actually really amazingly great. good sign. Yeah, it is. Um, why aren't we cheering that? You know, even even the treatment yeah. of this disease has become so political that we can't say, oh, my God, 
eight months ago, we didn't know what this was. And look what we've done. We yeah. as a, you know, as a people, as humanity, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we celebrating that? Yeah. Well, and I, I wish I could remember the name of that, that drug concoction, but they basically were calling it sort of like immunity in a bottle type of thing where it gave them um, uh, temporary immunity almost immediately after the injection and then gave them longer yeah. lasting um, um, protection as well. So it was a combination of things, sort of a cocktail. And the doctor that was the lead doctor on, on the development of that was on a show, and I got to listen to him talk. And he was, oh. you know, they kept asking him very leading questions about what it's been, and he was so good about just saying, well, you know, only a few people like, he, that's what he's the one who said, well, President Trump's only the ninth person who's had this. We're, we're in yes. very early trials on this. Um, uh, but thus far, it seems very promising. Um, and, uh, you know, they said, well, does this mean they're, they're going to get permanent immunity? And he goes, well, again, you know, we're, we're in early trials, so we're learning about how this interacts. But it's it, we've had very positive reactions thus far, and people seem to be doing well. Um, but, you know, as, as we go wider with our testing, we may find people that will have reactions to this that we hadn't anticipated, as, as is the case with any. I mean, he was really, really good about not taking the bait on anything and just saying, you know, we're working on it. But I, you're right. I don't know why that, you know, that that like blew up one day when it first came out and then it kind of like disappeared, I guess, yes. because it's not because, a sexy um, thing to talk well, about no, because, because it doesn't inflame a, everybody. The narrative is that 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 Trump is being careless and, and dismissive and blah, 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 blah. And so, right. you know, it, it, that the 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 absolute miraculous news that that this treatment is out there um, mm-hmm got drowned out in that news cycle and it, it just it yeah. boggles the mind but i'm surprised that like even fox really hasn't picked that up and started beating that drum like saying hey we this this worked really really well we need to make sure more people know about this he did say though that this is one of the drugs that is um that they've already put into production while they're testing it and if they find there's a problem with it and they can't use it, then they will take that all and destroy it. But in the meantime, if they continue testing and they find out it's good, they will already have a large batch of it ready to go. Which, uh, is, which is Which is a different way than the drug companies have worked in the past. But that's part of, you know, they're complaining about the, the Trump, but that's one of the things that, that the administration, uh, the current administration has pushed very hard for them to do is start the production of these things. Um, start the production of multiple of these different ideas that we or vaccines that we think are going to work. If we find that there's a problem or or we have to um, halt production or, or or in the in the process of while we're doing that doing the production, we find out in testing that there's a problem with this. We can always destroy that though that vaccine that had already been made. And yes, there's a, a loss of of money there. There's a cost to that, but the the payoff is that when we find one that works well, we've already got it. It's there, and we can start distributing it, and then we can focus on making more of that. Um, and uh, you know, th- that I thought was like, hey, that's that's somebody's thinking. You know, that's the way you 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 move quickly is you, you're still being cautious and still doing all the testing, but you start production while you're at that stage. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry, I had a tickle there. I had to cough. No, you're you're good, and we mm-hmm. are completely out of time. I talked right up through that. So um, uh, we are. I, I'm looking at. It, we're not going to be on tomorrow, um, so there won't be a podcast tomorrow. However, I'm looking to see if I can get a guest host, and if I can, then we will do the podcast tomorrow. Um, uh, so, um, those of you who tune in regularly. Please tune in and see. 
<laughs> down, check your podcast, download your podcast, and see what's there. You never know. I'm so anyway, in tomorrow. So that's I'm not. Yeah. We're, we're going to do a best of on the yeah. radio show, and I'm we're, in. <laughs> we're 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 taking a day off, uh, and so yeah, and I haven't like I said, I haven't decided if I'm going to have somebody else on. Um, I was my dad and I haven't talked about uh, the Apple announcement yet together, and so um, I'm thinking maybe we m- might do that because uh, that was on Tuesday, and we record um, Generation Tech on Mondays. And so we didn't get to talk about it yet this week. So we'll see. Anyhow, um, have a great uh, weekend, everybody. And we'll be back on Monday. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Erin Brinker. Have a great day, everybody.